John MacArthur, in his sermon on Luke 2, 8, 14, focuses on the profound implications of Jesus Christ's birth for salvation. He begins by setting the scene in Luke, where the humble birth of Jesus in Bethlehem is initially unnoticed by the wider world. This changes with the divine announcement to shepherds by angels, revealing Jesus as the Savior, Christ the Lord. MacArthur stresses the true meaning of salvation, challenging the modern interpretation of being saved as simply overcoming life's disappointments or achieving personal fulfillment. He argues that the gospel's core is not about rectifying unfulfillment in marriage, career, or overcoming destructive habits, though these may be secondary effects of following Christ. The primary purpose of Jesus' birth, he emphasizes, is to offer salvation from sin and its eternal consequences. He critiques the tendency to view Jesus as a solution for earthly problems or a means to personal success. While acknowledging that faith in Christ can positively transform various life aspects, MacArthur accentuates that these are not the gospel's main focus. Instead, he insists that all humans, regardless of their life circumstances or moral behavior, are in need of salvation because they are sinners. The essence of MacArthur's message is the universality of sin and the need for salvation from its ramifications. Salvation, according to him, is not about earthly achievements or controlling personal vices, but about being rescued from the eternal repercussions of sin. In sum, MacArthur reiterates that the heart of the gospel is the deliverance from sin and guilt. The true joy and good news of the gospel lie in Jesus Christ's birth as the Savior of humanity from its sins, a message that he urges the Christian church to remember and proclaim. Also, MacArthur focuses on the profound identity and titles of Jesus Christ, affirming him as the Savior, Christ the Lord, and the Anointed One. He asserts the significance of Jesus' titles, which highlight his divine mission and identity, despite his humble birth in Bethlehem. MacArthur explains that while Jesus' earthly name is not mentioned in this passage, his title, Christ the Lord, encapsulates his divine nature. The term Christ, Greek Christos, means the Anointed One, a title indicating Jesus' role as God's chosen King, fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies, especially in Daniel, about the Messiah. This title signifies Jesus' unique position as the ultimate eternal King, an idea consistently presented in the Gospel of Matthew. Moreover, MacArthur expands on Jesus' role as the Anointed One, not just as a King, but also as a High Priest and Prophet. As High Priest, Jesus is the mediator between God and humanity, bridging the gap through his death. As prophet, he is God's ultimate spokesman, delivering divine truth. The term Lord, Greek kurios, in this context, MacArthur contends, goes beyond a mere title of respect or authority, signifying Jesus' divinity and equality with God. This acknowledgement, Jesus is Lord, is presented as the cornerstone of Christian faith. Furthermore, MacArthur critiques other religious groups like Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons for not recognizing Jesus as Lord, and hence as God, viewing this as a deviation from true Christianity. In essence, MacArthur presents the nativity scene as a powerful theological statement about Jesus Christ's identity and mission. The contrast between Jesus' humble birth and his majestic titles indicates the Christian belief in Jesus as the Savior, King, Priest, Prophet, and God. This understanding is essential to Christian faith, and any deviation from this core belief is seen as a dilution of its message. 
In addition, MacArthur offers a profound insight into the birth of Jesus Christ, maintaining the humility and divine significance of the event. He begins by analyzing the angel's message to the shepherds, a group considered low in socioeconomic status yet chosen for this divine announcement. MacArthur suggests that the shepherd's selection reflects their devout faith and anticipation of the Messiah, showcasing God's tendency to reveal himself to the humble and faithful. The core of MacArthur's interpretation lies in the understanding of the sign given to the shepherds, a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. He explains that the practice of wrapping newborns was customary in Jewish culture, serving as a symbol of care, warmth, and protection. This practice, traced back to Ezekiel 16, was so ingrained that its absence indicated severe neglect. However, the uniqueness of Jesus' birth wasn't in the swaddling cloths, but in his placement in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. This unusual detail set Jesus apart, signifying his identity in a humble yet unmistakable manner. Further, MacArthur delves into the contrast between Jesus' divine nature and his humble birth. No royal birth in Israel ever paralleled the simplicity and lowliness of Jesus' birth. This stark contrast points out the majesty of Christ, who, despite being the Savior and the anointed King, prophet and priest of God, chose a birthplace among the lowest of surroundings. Concluding his exposition, MacArthur reiterates the ultimate significance of the Nativity story. He describes the birth of Jesus as the pinnacle of all theological thought and action, encapsulating the highest truth and the purpose of existence. In his view, the Nativity not only represents a historical event, but also embodies the foundational truth of Christian faith, repeating God's incarnation in human form and his message of salvation and hope. Besides, MacArthur focuses on the glory of God as the ultimate truth and the highest purpose in the universe, particularly in the context of the angelic announcement to the shepherds. He views the angel's appearance as a significant demonstration of God's glory, noting the sudden and unexpected nature of this divine intervention. MacArthur underlines the multitude of angels, suggesting a number beyond human comprehension, symbolizing the vastness of God's heavenly army. The core message of the angels, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased, is interpreted as a celebration of Jesus' birth and the fulfillment of God's salvation plan. MacArthur sees the salvation of sinners central to the gospel as ultimately serving the purpose of glorifying God. This event allows humans to join angels in this highest act of glorification. Additionally, MacArthur dives into the shepherds' experience, underscoring their fear and awe at witnessing an unprecedented gathering of angels. Unlike typical singular angelic appearances in the Bible, this event's magnitude emphasizes its divine importance. The angels' praise for God is tied directly to the birth of Jesus, whom they recognize as the Savior. This celebration is not just for the Incarnation but for the entire salvation narrative that Jesus' birth represents. In concluding, MacArthur draws attention to the contrast between the heavenly glory and the peace brought to earth through Jesus. This peace signifies reconciliation between God and humanity, moving beyond mere comfort to a profound spiritual restoration. The angel's praise reflects their understanding of Jesus' birth's significance, seeing it as a moment of divine grace and mercy. Their adoration of God accentuates the event's holiness and the fulfillment of prophecies marking a pivotal moment in the divine plan of salvation. Last but not least, 
MacArthur digs into the theological understanding of God's pleasure in granting salvation. He challenges the conventional interpretation of the phrase, with whom he is pleased, suggesting that it is often misconstrued as implying salvation is a reward for human effort. Instead, MacArthur debates that this phrase affirms God's sovereign will in bestowing salvation, independent of human merit. MacArthur explains that the original Greek phrase, translated as men of his good pleasure, asserts that salvation is a divine gift, not a consequence of human actions. This interpretation aligns with the Christian doctrine of grace, where salvation is seen as an unearned gift from God, rather than a result of human works. He highlights that God's pleasure is central to the concept of salvation. It is not about human beings earning God's favor, but about God choosing to grant salvation out of His own benevolent will. This perspective places God as the primary actor in the narrative of redemption, with human beings receiving salvation as a gracious gift. Moreover, this view is illustrated through the baptism of Jesus, where God expresses pleasure in His Son, symbolizing His delight in those He has chosen for salvation. MacArthur stresses that the glory and rejoicing in heaven, as depicted in biblical passages, are directed not at human achievements, but at God's gracious act of redemption. In essence, MacArthur posits that the ultimate aim of salvation is to glorify God. This is manifested in the eternal praise and worship of God in heaven, both by angels and by redeemed humans. This eternal glorification of God for His merciful gift of salvation encapsulates the core of MacArthur's interpretation, indicating the grace and sovereignty of God in the Christian understanding of salvation. In conclusion, MacArthur illuminates the profound implications of Jesus Christ's birth, primarily focusing on the concept of salvation. Contrary to modern interpretations of being saved as overcoming life's disappointments or achieving personal fulfillment, MacArthur maintains salvation from sin and its eternal ramifications. He disputes that while faith in Christ can lead to positive transformations in various life aspects, the gospel's primary message is deliverance from sin and guilt. Furthermore, MacArthur examines the profound identity and titles of Jesus Christ, particularly pointing out him as the Savior, Christ the Lord, and the Anointed One. He explains these titles as theological affirmations of Jesus' divine mission and identity, despite his humble birth. The term Christ signifies Jesus' unique position as God's chosen King, fulfilling Old Testament prophecies, while Lord signifies His divinity and equality with God. In addition, MacArthur provides insights into the humility and divine significance of Jesus' birth. He interprets the angel's message to the shepherds and the unique circumstance of Jesus lying in a manger as significant markers of his identity. This contrast between Jesus' divine nature and his humble birth serves to reiterate the theological depth of the Nativity story. Further, MacArthur discusses the glory of God in the context of the angelic announcement to the shepherds. He views this event as a celebration of Jesus' birth and a manifestation of God's glory, tying it to the fulfillment of God's salvation plan. For MacArthur, this glorification of God is the ultimate purpose of the universe. Finally, MacArthur addresses the theological understanding of God's pleasure in granting salvation. He challenges the notion that salvation is a reward for human effort, arguing that it is a divine gift stemming from God's sovereign will. This interpretation aligns with the Christian doctrine of grace, repeating that the ultimate aim of salvation is to glorify God for His merciful gift. In summary, 
MacArthur's sermon underlines the importance of understanding Jesus Christ's birth as the Savior from sin, the significance of his divine roles, and the glorification of God as the central theme of Christian faith and salvation.